You have a divine design that's going to be a solution to an issue, to a, a, a people group, to you know something in this world that desperately needs who you are and what you bring to the place. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Download Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Dr. Kent Engel. Dr. Kent Engel is the president of Southeastern University. Um, to tell you a little bit about who Dr. Engel is, um, he started out his career as a television sports anchor for NBC and CBS, where he interviewed many notable athletes, and um, he realized that he had a calling for education, and so he helped build an institution where students become industry and ministry leaders across the globe, and he's really passionate about pursuing higher education. So uh, we discuss his book, Framework Leadership. Uh, Dr. Ingo also has the Framework Leadership podcast that you can catch on all podcast streaming platforms. Um, he is frequently interviewed on Fox News uh, to talk about his passion for education. So we really had a great discussion with Dr. Ingo and really hope that you enjoy this podcast interview with Dr. Ingo. Well, Dr. Engel, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Um, like I mentioned before we started the recording, um, saw you speaking through uh, Catalyst during my early days in leadership. So it's really an honor and pleasure to to have you on on our podcast. Well, thank you. Great to be with you, Cameron. Yeah. So, Dr. Engel, you're currently the president of Southeastern University and have been since 2011. Um, you've also been a pastor and also a television sports anchor. So why, quite the diverse uh, background. So how did you develop your passion for education and end up at uh, as serving as the president of Southeastern University? Sure. Well, I can tell you this. I, I never had um, these grand goals for any of the roles that I've had the privilege to serve in, whether it's in sports, television, or or pastoring, uh, or, or being uh, in education. I, I've always followed my, and we use the phrase around here, my divine design. And I'm grateful uh, that I had a mentor in high school, actually was my pastor, and, and he taught me early on about divine de design. And he said, if you will follow what you're gifted in, what you're passionate about, things that you know you get excited and motivated when you follow those kinds of things and you do a lot of self-awareness you know reflection uh and look at those kinds of you know gifts abilities uh, passions uh, experiences if you follow those then you start to uh, see doors open uh for opportunities so i mean i i go way back to uh to discovering that I love that the, there were two passions that I absolutely loved, and that was working with people. Any way that I can come alongside people, I, I love to be others oriented, uh, to encourage, to empower, to challenge. Uh, I, I love that. The other thing that I learned early on, and and I started discovering this, you know, late junior high, and I love communication. I love broadcasting, and part of that was because. Um, my family, we had uh, a friendship with the Albert family, uh, Al Albert, who was the voice of the Denver Nuggets. When I was in junior high, he would let me come come down and sit with him uh, to basketball games while he did the play-by-play. -play. And I, I started, and I thought, man, that would be wonderful to do. So I had those passions and, and just pursuing those doors have opened up for me. And I ultimately am now in, in higher education. What I love about that, what, what I'm passionate about is these amazing students that, you know, I have the chance to, along with our faculty and staff, come alongside them and 
really encourage them in developing and growing their divine design so they can go out and and uh, serve and, and be in places where they're going to have a, a great influence and really be solutions to a lot of the issues and challenges. So, I mean, that's always been, you know, my core, you know, helping people and, and loving communication. So, Dr. Engel, you know, uh, one of the things I guess a lot of young people are struggling with today is whether to pursue higher education or, or not. Uh, why should you pursue higher education? Well, uh, for me, it's all about life stewardship. And stewardship is investing um, in ways that you can see growth and health. And if you want to be the best at what you do, you need education. Now, you have to figure out what kind of education you need because sometimes maybe that's just a certification program or maybe that's uh you just need an aa or maybe you do want a, a a full degree education is important to be a good steward of your life and a good steward of your calling so you know i want to be the best president i can be so you know i i do everything i can to learn get education that will help me to do that you know with systems development and and uh and and people empowerment issues and and then I, you know, I'll get mentors who have been where I'm going and they help me to learn and grow. So to me, education is not just necessarily a formal thing, but I do think that's extremely important because it gives credibility to who you are and what you do. But but the bottom line, education is all about life stewardship, be, being the best that you can be in, in what you're currently walking in, doing and experiencing. So that's why education is important. I think it's something important to point out to our listeners there that you know you're you're talking about lifelong learning. You're talking about you're the president of a university, and you are still pursuing education yourself. Absolutely. You're still Absolutely. trying to get better. There is no date where that stops as a right. uh, as a as a leader. Yeah, it never stops, and uh, and and once you've stopped, you might as well retire, and that's it. I mean, you want to continue to learn so that you can make the best contribution you can uh, to what you're doing, to your context. And, and that's, you know, and the best way to do that is to fall in love with learning, to gain new knowledge and insight and experience. And, and the more you do that, the more you love and you just keep at it. Yeah. And uh, going back to your comment on the divine design, that's something that I, I heard you mention before in, in your Framework Leadership podcast and also on your website. And this is truly something that that I'm sure you see, especially in the university, uh, you see young people struggling with, they're trying to figure out their divine design and they can't just, they can't figure it out. They get discouraged. And um, so how does one determine or figure out their divine design or move towards their divine design? Right. First of all, you know, and Southeastern is a faith-based university. So we integrate faith with our learning and everyday life application. Uh, and, and we have a foundational verse, and, and it really should be the foundation of our lives when we, when we think about divine design. And, and that foundational verse is Ephesians 2.10, you are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he planned long ago. We, we think about long ago, how long ago, and, and you can read scripture, for example, Psalm 139 says God was intimately you know, creating us, designing us, weaving us in our mother's womb. And it says in that passage that he literally 
has prepared every day of our life before we even took our first breath. So you get this foundational awareness that you are uniquely designed and, and we believe to do good things. In other words, we tell our students around here, you have a divine design that's going to be a solution to an issue, to a, a, a people group, to you know something in this world that desperately needs who you are and what you bring to the place. In terms of discovering that divine design, we actually teach that here at Southeastern University. There are ways to, to begin to understand that. So one thing is to, to look at and, and you know, self-awareness is a big part of this, that you build a discipline in your life to be self-aware of what's going on in your life. So we look at experiences. What are some good, difficult, uh, spiritual experiences you're going through? Who are the people that are in your life right now? What do they say about you? And how do they recognize maybe your uniqueness? You look at your gifts. Um, what are some of those gifts? And there's a variety of gift tests out there. In fact, I, I take a gift test probably twice a year, because I think sometimes your gifts can change based on context or based on passion. And so you kind of want to keep a pulse on that. So what are what are you, your unique gifts? Then you look at what are you passionate about? What do you enjoy doing? What do you, you know, and I always tell them, step into something. If you don't know if you enjoy it, well, why don't you step in and, and try something? And you may resonate with that and just run with that. So I, again, I go back to when, when I was a, a graduated high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do for sure, but I knew my passions. I knew, again, what I mentioned earlier, I knew I love people and I, I love communication. So I thought, well, I'm just going to start at the local community college because I don't know what I want to do and where I want to go. And I took two courses that met those passions. I, I took a course on broadcast writing and, 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 and communication speech, speech and one of the professors was the news director at the local NBC station. And he said, Kent, um, I can get you on as an intern. Uh, I, I already see you have some passion and you have some skill sets in this area. And I said, man, I'd love that. He assigned me to the sports anchor. Three months later, that sports anchor leaves. I'm only 18 years of age, but, you know, and you know, 18 year olds, you know, we think we've got it all figured out, but I walked <laughs> into that professor and I said, Hey, I I'd like a shot at this. And he said, you know what? And of course he was the news director and he said, I'll give you a chance. And so he let me produce an entire sports segment on, on the set and he hired me. And I started at the age of 18 in television sports. Uh, and I, you know, I had no idea that that's what I was going to do, but I started following that design and out of that, the doors open. And by the way, I've always believed when you pursue your passion, when you pursue your design, opportunities will open up. And so that's what happened. And for the next 10 years, I was in television sports. So yeah, that's, that's how I, I, you know, empower and encourage people to look at their divine design by those things, experiences, gifts, passion, um, those things that, you know, help you to kind of begin to see this is what I'm designed for, what I'm equipped to do. So much here. So let's shift gears a little bit. You know, you wrote a couple of books um, and one particularly the one that's behind you, Framework Leadership, which is a great topic. How would you define the framework leadership and what, what led you to write the book? Yeah. Well, a framework is simply, uh, for me, a system of stewardship. Again, 
uh, if you're, if, to be a good steward, you take what's been given to you, it's under your care, it's under your influence, and you do everything you can to make it, invest in it to grow and, and for it to be healthy. So, so I wanted to write about a system of stewardship that would help you. I, there's a question that I think every leader of any organization always should be asking, uh, and that question is this, how do you build a map to a place you've never been before? Because if you're going to grow, if you're going to be healthy, if you want to be a sustainable organization, you're always going to be leading and guiding and growing this organization and going places you've never been. That's part of what growth is. And so I, I wanted to create and share the system that I've always used to be a good steward as a leader of an organization or you know, whatever job I have the privilege to be in charge of. And so that's what the book is all about, a system of stewardship that gives you kind of that structure, that rationale, the way that you can build the map that will get you where you need to go. And there are simply four steps that I've always used in it. Listening, auditing the context, uh, clarifying the goal, and then aligning the vision. And that's the system I use, and that's what that book is all about. And uh, Dr. Engel, before we move forward in, in the podcast, just want to take some time, you know, you you. You have an awesome podcast. You have an awesome uh, blog post that come out uh, periodically. How can people connect with you and your content? Yeah, I mean, you can go to kentingle.com, uh, and that should pull up everything. You could also go to seu.edu, uh, uh, and then hit – I know my link is on there, and you can hit there, and it will have all, all, all the content, uh, you know, the Framework Leadership Podcast, uh, you know, blogs, everything that, that I'm involved in. So those are probably some of the best ways to do that. Um, you know, I'm on Twitter as well as Instagram. Uh, so, yeah, those are the best ways to contact. Awesome. So you actually recently came out with a blog post on flexible leadership, uh, which I enjoyed. So um, if you want to take some time to uh, explain what flexible leadership is and why is it important to be an adaptable leader? Yeah, because there's a couple things. Well, first and foremost, because context changes constantly. Um, and, and you have to be ready to, you know, build a map that helps you in the midst of that context. Uh, culture changes now, what, probably every two to four years. Uh, and, and if you don't, you know, I look at higher ed. Higher ed has changed a lot, even in the last you know, 10 years, uh, you know, right now, the three most important issues in higher ed are uh, accessibility. How do you create more access? How do you create a menu of educational opportunities? That's important. It, it used to be there's only one particular menu, and that's a traditional campus, and you can only get education in a formal way by going to a traditional camp. Well, that's all changed now. And, and people need access. The second thing is you need affordability. The cost of higher education has been driving way high, too high. And, mm -hmm. and we as institutions uh, need to discover, to learn, to develop ways that we can reduce the cost of tuition. And that comes in that accessibility model. How do you create new deliveries to maybe be more affordable? And then the third piece that is important is, is experiential education, where what you're learning in the classroom, you can actually apply it right now immediately in the workforce through apprenticeship, through internship programs, and, and those kinds of things. Well, you have to be flexible to be able to create that, design that. Uh, so that's important. The other thing about flexibility, um, uh, it's all about being able to adapt to issues, to challenges. And the other issue is, is 
you know, conflict resolution or crisis um, issues. I mean, look what we just went through, a pandemic. And if you were not flexible in that pandemic, you may not be alive today as an organization. I can tell you our university, if we hadn't been able to quickly adapt to how we would deliver education in the midst of a pandemic, you know, we might be suffering enrollment today. Uh, you know, and a lot of universities are because they couldn't make that quick, uh, you know, they weren't flexible. They couldn't adapt to the current situation and, and they've suffered because of that. So that's why it's important to understand leadership recognizes that you, you, you can't be hard and fast on everything the same way, the way you've always done it. You have to know how to change, to adapt, to be flexible. So, and I also kind of say it's all about contextual leadership. If you understand the context, then you know how you need to lead, guide, direct, empower, encourage. So that's why it's so important to be a flexible leader. There's a lot there. There's a lot there to unpack. So we'll go back and listen to that again, that little blurb right there. As we wrap up, you know, many of our audiences are still trying to figure out their their divine design. In fact, I, as a 32-year-old, sometimes are still going through this process. Uh, you're trying to find passion, calling, you know, what kind of encouragement do you have to people who are going through these kinds of difficult things, trying to figure them out for the first time? Yeah, for me, um, I try to encourage and empower with um, approaching it from a, a discipline aspect or a discipline way. Develop a discipline in your discipline in your life that will do two things: that will allow you to be totally self-aware of what's going on and also will allow you to self-manage your life. One of the things that is important to me is holistic health. So how, how am I doing physically, mentally, spiritually? Um, all of those things are important. And if I'm, in, if I'm staying on point with those issues, it allows me to be healthy so that I can always function in a way that can have true self-reflection. And that's the other piece. Um, for me, one of the simple tools that I use is daily self-reflection. I like to journal. So I encourage people to journal. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I will sit down and I'll write about, okay, who did I talk to today? Uh, what were some of my meetings about? Uh, what did I learn in my devotional time? I always set aside time to, you know, read and, 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 you know, journals and things like that. And so I start writing those things down. It's amazing when you journal and you self-reflect like that, you begin to see a picture or you begin to see a pattern of maybe what you need to be a part of. And so those kinds of things, I just, I build a discipline. And I think that's so important in, in all of our lives that we create that kind of, um, element to help us to stay on track with what may be our divine design at the moment and the context. So, you know, I reflect on experiences, what have been some good experiences lately and, and how have I been able to speak into some, some of these experiences, you know, difficult, all those kinds of things, but self-reflection, uh, the discipline aspect, uh, you know, kind of journaling, those are things that have helped me. And so I always encourage others to, to maybe step into that because that's a window that opens up to, to what really is going on in your life in terms of divine design. I'm curious on your perspective for this question, because it's something that I've seen college graduates struggle with, and I struggled it, with it for a short time, but you, you come out of just graduating um, your undergraduate degree 
and you start whether within the church or the business or nonprofit and you want to become the senior pastor the ceo <laughs> in a short time like you're like i'm ready to become the ceo and i know i was like that too and i struggled with that for a short time and it took great mentors along my alongside me saying no you're gonna have to take some time so uh what advice do you have for those like coming out of college and saying you know you need you need patience you need the experience and, and how, how do they do that yeah well you mentioned you mentioned it in a pretty significant way mentoring mentoring is huge and mentoring i i tell our freshmen uh here at, at southeastern Find mentors now in your life that can encourage you, that can uh, support you, that will come alongside you. I'm grateful again. I go back and I mentioned it earlier. I had a mentor in high school that did just that for me. And I would spend one day a week with, with him. And it, it literally changed my life because of that kind of guidance. The So mentoring is important. The other thing is get in early um, at developing networks. So when you find something that you love and, and you're passionate about, find um, a, 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 an internship or something in that, that area that you can kind of step in and, and get involved in. Because again, that will either solidify, yes, this is something that I love to do, I'm passionate about, or it'll help you kind of recognize, ah, maybe that's not what I should do. Um, so get in and, and do as much as, as you can as you journey through it and then just realize it is a journey it things don't happen necessarily overnight we have to grow i mean that's you know you look at the physical aspect of our lives from a from a child to an adult i mean you have to go through stages of growth and development and it's the same way in our vocational life in our career life um but you know you you just have to build the network uh, you have to build mentoring into your life and go after people, go after networks that help you to get where you feel like you are going on the journey in life. Oh, that's awesome. I think I want to sign up for one of your uh, graduate programs now. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Um, so as we kind of wrap up this discussion, you know, Dr. Engel, really enjoy the content that you put forth in your framework leadership podcast, really high quality. And, um, you know, thank you for continuing to, to share your perspectives and insights. Um, but we do have some fun questions here for you. Sure. So questions I always love to ask. Uh, first one, uh, favorite book that you've read in the last six months. Oh my goodness. There's so many. Um, I actually went back to a book that has been a favorite of mine, Orbit, or Orbiting the Giant Hairball. <laughs> that that sounds pretty good. But I love that book because it talks about a lot of the challenges and things that we have and how do you orbit that? And especially in the kind of world that we're living in, uh, that book is, is a great, great book to, to read, a fun book to read. And uh, I just went back to reread it. And, and that's definitely a, a favorite of mine. Um, uh, another favorite of mine is, uh, of course, um, anything written by Jim Collins. I love his stuff, his material. Good to Great has had a tremendous influence on, on me uh, because uh, I love his mindset that he discovered through that 
through the study of these all these organizations and 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 one of my favorite phrases that come out of that uh, of his writing is is that phrase that you can never know the potential of an organization until you know the potential of the people which fits right into my passion you know if you don't take time to be with people to listen to learn to discover who they are and what they're all about how can you begin to lead and grow and change an organization there's just no way you can do that and so that's why it's important but those are some of my favorite books and and that i i love it but orbiting the giant hairball is a great one that's what, that's awesome i had to pick that one up um so what is something that you have done in your life that you believe everyone should do at least once oh my goodness well to me is is travel and and get into different cultures um, I love being able to learn and discover, you know, uh, I mean, just within our own nation, so many different cultures that you can experience and grow in. And, and so the more you can do that and experience, I would encourage you to. Uh, yeah, it's so important because, um, again, it, it's all about how do, you, how do you empower people. And the only way you can do that is understand their background, their culture and all of that. So. I, I that's what I've always enjoyed doing, learning, discovering and being in different cultures so that I can learn how to be the best leader I can and, and to help and encourage and challenge. Yeah. And our final one, dead or alive, who would you love to have lunch with? Oh, right off the bat, I'd love to have lunch with Ronald Reagan. Mm. Um, I did have the privilege to meet him um, at one point, and uh, that was when I was in, in news as well as sports um and but it was a very quick meeting but just fascinating with his way of leadership um especially his communication style um i just would love to have a, a conversation with him i think that would be a, a great great moment well dr engel thank you so much uh for your time and sharing your insights and perspectives on our podcast um, we really appreciate all the work that you're doing, uh, not only with your podcast, uh, Framework Leadership, but also all the work that you're doing in Southeastern uh, University. Thank you so much, man. This has been a, a great joy to, to be on, on with you and, and to have this conversation. So thank you for the kind invitation. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast interview with Dr. Engel. We really hope you enjoyed this podcast interview and our discussion, talking to Dr. Engel about his book, Framework Leadership. And uh, you can follow Dr. Engel. You can go to his website, kentengel.com. You can follow him there on his social media platforms. Um, he has a lot of great content on overall with leadership and education. And he also has a podcast called Framework Leadership, which is very valuable content. I know I find that valuable for me and my leadership. Um, thank you again for tuning in. And if you want to connect with us, check out our website, tcadvisorygroup.com. Again, it's tcadvisorygroup.com. You can check out our previous podcasts and also um, some of the additional resources that we have available to you to help you in your leadership wherever you're at. Thank you again and hope you have a great one.